simply known as the Palmetto Inform. Welcome back to another installment of the Palmetto Informer. As always, I'm Specialist Erskine, but we have a special treat. This month, I'm joined by the soothing voice that is behind looking at your health. You all know her as Sergeant Erica Knight. Thank you. It's good to be here and to be able to work on the best guard podcast in South Carolina. Um, you do know we are the only podcast. Yeah, but we're still the best. You make a good point. I know. Okay then, moving right along. To start off, we would like to welcome Sergeant First Class Joe Cashin back from his deployment. It's good to have him back, and he should be joining the podcast in upcoming installments. We would also like to say farewell to Staff Sergeant Tracy Dorgan as she gets ready for her deployment. We will miss her, and we'll be looking forward to her return. Also, we have a new broadcaster who recently joined the unit, Sergeant Manuel Gonzalez. He will also join us in future broadcasts. Yeah, we have a lot going on in the unit, and there's a lot going on in the Guard around the state. In this month's show, we have a story on how the Boy Scouts help the Air Guard, and we have some safety information that everyone needs to know. We also have some more financial advice, and much, much more. With that said, Staff Sergeant Dorgan is going to get us started with the joy of the holidays. The holiday season, all about the joy in giving. Thankfulness, giving, love, Family and celebration are words that come to mind when we think of this time of year. The holiday season runs from Thanksgiving to New Year's. For most citizens, it has been a season of focusing on thankfulness to our Creator, the Savior's birth, and New Year's celebrations. It is also a time of expressing love through the giving of gifts and spending time with family, friends, and community. Some people have a rough situation during the holidays because of circumstances beyond their control. Whatever lot in life you're in, you can experience the meaning of the season by embracing it with a giving attitude. Give in service to someone or an organization during the holiday season, and you will experience the joy of Christmas. It is always better to give than to receive. God offered the greatest gift of all to each of us. So when we give of ourselves to people, not only does it fulfill and manifest joy, it can make this world a better place. There's a lot of groups doing great things for the community. Boy Scout Troop 95 has been helping out the Air Guard. Here's Senior Master Sergeant Ed Snyder with the story. Boy Scout Troop 95 helps make McIntyre beautiful. There has been a recent improvement to the recreation area on McIntyre. James Winston, a Boy Scout with Troop 95 and Eagle Scout candidate, led a project to begin the construction of a nature trail near the pond and pavilion on 16 October. Winston and 20 other volunteers got together to clear several hundred yards of a trail and constructed a sign to mark the entrance of the trail. This was a project that I knew I would enjoy doing, said Winston. I was not restricted or limited in any of my ideas. He had to manage the whole thing, said Lieutenant Colonel Glenn Boatwright, Inspector General for the 169th Fighter Wing and Scout Master of Troop 95. James had to develop the material list and the budget. He had to manage the whole thing from start to finish. Everything went smoothly, said Winston. It all seemed simple because I had some good help. I was impressed by all who came out to help. They listened and did exactly what was needed for a successful day. The project took about five hours of actual work, but many more hours in preparation for it, added Winston. It takes a lot of planning to make something like this happen. I really appreciate all the people who helped me make it happen. It was a great experience, and I would enjoy doing it again. Maybe I could help the next Eagle Scout candidate, said Winston. Give them some pointers and help them with the project. Winston still has to meet with a board to see if he qualifies to be an Eagle Scout. 
McIntyre and Troop 95 have an ongoing relationship to continue making improvements on base while providing projects for future Eagle Scout candidates. This is an ongoing relationship that will benefit everyone. First Lieutenant Walter Woods, 169th Environmental Management Office said, we have the ability to give the projects that will help them get their Eagle Scout badges. Previous Eagle Scout projects have been a gazebo in the picnic area and a path to the graveyard. You know, as a military person, you gotta love the support that you get from the communities here in South Carolina. Great example with the Boy Scouts out there putting the garden in out at McIntyre, that's awesome. But I tell you, one of my favorite events here in South Carolina for the military people is the military appreciation game up at Clemson, and Sergeant Knight's bringing us a full story on that. Clemson University has a rich military history that lives on in its Army and Air Force Reserve Officer Training Corps, or ROTC, programs, along with alumni currently serving in the military. For those alumni and other service members who were able to take part in the Clemson vs. NC State Military Appreciation Game Day activities on November 6th, it was an extraordinary opportunity. Lieutenant Colonel Clarence Bowser, the Recruiting and Retention Commander for the South Carolina Army National Guard, was there to flip the coin prior to the start of the game. It's an honor, said Bowser. I'm representing all these soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines for the Military Appreciation Day game. Clemson ROTC played a large part in the halftime activities. The Ranger Club presented a wreath and fallen warrior representation. Clemson's company, C4 Pershing Rifles, performed a 21-gun salute. Cadets escorted the families of 29 fallen warriors from South Carolina. And the Tiger Platoon presented the colors during pregame and halftime ceremonies. During halftime, service members from World War II through today's wars in Iraq and Afghanistan paraded onto the field under their respective banner. The Clemson Corps alumni also took part in the parade. Coming to the game is very personal because of my experiences, my father's experiences, and my youngest son's experiences, said retired Air Force Colonel Sandy Edge, class of 1972, charter member of the Clemson Corps and past chairman. People are able to get a small understanding of the sacrifice. You don't expect this from a public school. It's been 56 years since Clemson was a military school, but it's still very alive here. Adjacent to Memorial Stadium is the newly dedicated Scroll of Honor Memorial, honoring Clemson students killed in action. The Clemson Corps is trying to compile a complete biography for each service member. Full detailed information is available at www.cualumni.clemson.edu slash scrollofhonor. Family members are encouraged to provide information. For the full story, please visit the new South Carolina National Guard webpage at www.scguard.army.mil. Everybody knows what the biggest question is around the holidays. What am I getting for Christmas? And immediately after that, the question is, is how am I going to pay for that for Christmas? Well, Sergeant Brad Mincy has some financial advice for us coming up right now. Hello, and welcome back to Guarding Your Finances. I'm Sergeant Brad Mincy, and in this month's program, I'm going to be talking about getting out of debt by getting rid of your credit cards. Today, the average American household with a credit card is in debt more than $16,000. That is an incredible amount of debt. Imagine what you could do with that amount of money. 
How could $16,000 improve your financial situation right now? Some of you may be saying, Sergeant Mincy, I don't have anywhere near $16,000 on my credit card. I only have a few thousand. Okay, but that few thousand is taking away from your monthly total that you could use on other debts because you're having to make a credit card payment each month. And that payment is probably costing you a ton in interest. Just look at your credit card bill from last month and see how much of your last payment went to pay off your debt and how much went towards interest. For most of you, you paid more in interest than you did towards your principal. Now, part of my job with this program is to get you to think differently about your finances. I want you to get out of debt and on a more stable financial footing. So let's focus on how we can get away from using and needing the credit cards. One of the reasons many people get a credit card is for the ease of making purchases. If you've been following the program so far, you're already on a budget and using cash to pay for most of your bills. Just being on a budget will begin to make it easier to plan for purchases. You may say, but Sergeant Mincy, I can't make purchases online or on the phone with cash. That's why I need a credit card. I'll tell you, nope, your bank will gladly issue you a debit card that will work just as well as a credit card without having to worry about paying interest. Now a debit card is a fickle friend. If you plan for when to use it and apply it to your budget, it can be a great help. But if you just make purchases, don't keep track of it, and they are not budgeted expenses, you can easily spend your way back into debt and not have enough money to pay the bills at the end of the month. Another reason many people get a credit card is for emergencies. The idea is that sometimes an unforeseen incident will come up and you need money to pay for it. Maybe the water heater goes out. Maybe you run over a nail that destroys your tire. There are all kinds of unexpected emergencies that can arise. Many we can plan for. You know you're going to need new clothes. You know you're going to have to replace tires and batteries on your car. Christmas comes around every year, so budget for things like that and they don't become an emergency and you don't use a credit card for them. But for real emergencies, one of the best things you can do is have an emergency fund set aside. This can be as little as $400 or as much as several thousand, depending on your situation and comfort level. But if you have that emergency fund, when an emergency does arise, you are prepared for it. This emergency fund has been a great help to my wife and I on several occasions. We've used it when our water pump went out on our home and when the transmission went out on one of our cars. But it was fantastic to not have to go to the bank and borrow money or to have to go into debt with the credit card. And it is a great stress reliever not having to worry about where, how, and if you're going to get the money because it is already there in the bank. So now how do we start to build an emergency fund? Well, hopefully you've been following along and you've gotten on a budget. If not, go back and listen to the previous Guarding Your Finances and get more information about starting a budget. After a few months, you've cut a little here and there, and now you have some money left at the end of the month. Use that to start building your emergency fund. Add it as part of your budget and make it a high priority on your budget. If you're paying and wasting too much on your credit cards, you could put that to better use elsewhere. Another option, and usually the least favorite but quickest, is to have a yard sale. You would be amazed at how quickly you could build up your emergency fund by getting rid of some of the stuff you don't need and don't use. Did you know that the average home uses nearly $25,000 worth of stuff? Much of it items that you're not even using. So consider this option if your budget is too tight to be able to build your fund up quickly. Lastly, grab a pair of scissors, pull out your wallet, take hold of your credit card, and using your scissors, as one of my financial heroes likes to say, do some real plastic surgery and separate your card into two halves. Throw them in the trash can and never use it again. Build your emergency fund as fast as you can and never have to worry about going into debt for another emergency again. Thanks again for joining us and don't forget to send us your questions at scngpodcast at hotmail.com. I'm Sergeant Mincy and this has been Guarding Your Finances. Two soldiers from the South Carolina Army National Guard graduated from the 2nd 
five-week pilot course of the new Signal Digital Master Gunner course at Fort Gordon on November 9th. The Digital Master Gunner course is designed to fill a training void with current and rapidly changing digital systems in the Army. This is a really good opportunity to learn about all the Army Battle Command systems and how they integrate into one server, said Sergeant Narendran Shiv from the 111th Signal Company. The Signal Digital Master Gunner trained soldier is responsible for installation, planning, and management of battalion signal communications. They are the commander's expert on signal flow, architecture, and operations of communications network systems integration. We will provide the commander with a complete digital operating picture and be able to proficiently troubleshoot, sustain, and maintain the network so he has the information to do the job we need to do, said Sergeant John Wallace, Communications Non-Commissioned Officer, Headquarters and Headquarters Company, 218th Maneuver Enhancement Brigade. The schoolhouse environment allows soldiers to get more hands-on training than is available at the unit. According to Derek West, a Digital Master Gunner Network instructor, the instruction is broken down into two parts. During the first part of the course, soldiers work in a virtual lab, which gives each student enough equipment to work at a brigade level. The physical lab with field equipment is used during the four-day capstone exercise, where students must establish and manage a battalion network. A light bulb should come on once they get to the hands-on portion, said West. Virtual training is the way to conduct this course because it saves money on equipment and allows each soldier to practice setting up a larger network, explained West. This is a subject matter expert course and will allow the individual soldier to go back to his unit and provide that expertise to the commander, said Wallace. Soldiers wanting to attend the course must be a staff sergeant or higher and hold a military occupational specialty of information system operator, 25 Bravo, or signal support system specialist, 25 Uniform. There are six classes scheduled for the upcoming year, with the first class beginning January 5th. Attention National Guard and Reserve members. Does your civilian employer go above and beyond to support you and your fellow service members? If yes, then we want to hear from you. Nominations are now being accepted for the 2011 Secretary of Defense Employer Support Freedom Award, the U.S. government's highest award recognizing outstanding employer support for the Guard and Reserve. To submit your nomination, visit freedomaward.mil. Nominations close January 17, 2011. During the holidays, traffic is always busier and we all have places we want to be. Here's Staff Sergeant Dorgan with some tips to keep us safe while traveling. Drive safe, everyone. Just about all service members have experienced feelings of sleepiness while driving. However, actual driver fatigue is a physical and mental condition that can significantly affect a driver's judgment and abilities. Driver fatigue not only impacts a driver's alertness and response time, but also increases the chances of being involved in a mishap. Fatigue is a contributing factor in many vehicle mishaps, some of which have resulted in fatalities. Due to mission requirements, long duty hours, and shift work, our service members can become vulnerable to fatigue at any time. There are control measures that can be put into place to reduce fatigue-related mishaps in on and off duty. Here are just a few. Recognize red flags like increased yawning and heavy eyelids. Always get a good night's rest before a long road trip. Avoid taking medications that may induce drowsiness. And make frequent stops. Who out there listening in the audience today likes sweets? Oh yeah, you know you do. Everybody loves them, the cakes, the candies, the whole nine yards. Well, Sergeant Eric and I is going to tell us some stuff that you might not know about high fructose corn syrup. I'm Sergeant Eric Knight, and this is Looking at Your Health, where we'll be discussing current health and fitness topics to keep you and your family healthy and active. 
There have been numerous commercials recently about high fructose corn syrup. The commercial states that it is made from corn. The same as sugar and fine in moderation. Honestly, in moderation is the key phrase here. According to the Mayo Clinic, although high fructose corn syrup is chemically similar to table sugar or sucrose, concerns have been raised because of how high fructose corn syrup is processed. High fructose corn syrup comprises any group of corn syrups that have undergone enzymatic processing to convert some of its glucose into fructose to produce a desired sweetness. In September, the Corn Refiners Association petitioned the Food and Drug Administration to change the name of high fructose corn syrup to corn sugar. Ultimately, high fructose corn syrup is the most common added sweetener in processed foods and beverages, including bread, pasta sauce, crackers, lunch meat, and yogurt. Research has provided mixed results on high fructose corn syrup's effect on the body. One thing is for sure, large quantities of added sugar in any form can cause adverse health conditions. The recommendation from the American Heart Association is that women should not consume more than six teaspoons of added sugar per day and nine for men. One teaspoon equals four grams of sugar. So, if your cereal contains 24 grams of sugar per serving, well, guess what? You've already had your six teaspoons of sugar for the day. We all recognize fructose, glucose, sucrose, and of course, high fructose corn syrup. But sugar comes in many other names, molasses, barley malt, sugar alcohols, and cane juice crystals. The list goes on and on. Next time you're bored, Google it. I challenge you, yes, you, the next time you're out buying groceries, take a look at the sugar content and the ingredients. How many grams of sugar are there per serving? How many different types of sugar are listed? Join us next month when we'll be discussing how to recover from all those holiday parties. I'm Sergeant Erica Knight, and this has been your health advice on looking at your health. It was on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918 when fighting ceased during World War I. The following year, November 11th, was celebrated as Armistice Day. Since then, November 11th has been established as a holiday dedicated to American veterans to thank and honor them for serving honorably in the military in both wartime and peacetime. To demonstrate their gratitude to the veterans of South Carolina, members of the South Carolina National Guard participated in parades, ceremonies, and flyovers throughout the Columbia area in November. One tribute to veterans was held in the neighboring Hopkins area during last month's training where the Skang recruiters participated in the mile-long salute to veterans. Attendees to the post-parade festivities were thrilled when the 157th Fighter Squadron soared overhead with a four-ship flyover. The South Carolina National Guard also participated in the 32nd Annual City of Columbia Veterans Day Parade. As thousands of guests lined Sumter Street, the Guard presence was strong as the recruiters and three-track vehicles followed down the street to crowds cheering and waving flags. The Adjutant General for South Carolina, Major General Stanhope S. Spears said, We salute those who've made the ultimate sacrifice and are privileged to carry on their legacy of service to our great nation. For the South Carolina National Guard Community Relations, I'm Major Cindy King.
Well, that's our show. I hope you enjoyed this installment of the Palmetto Informer. Have a safe and happy holiday season, and check back with us next month to hear more stories about your guard family. Information and opinions presented on this program are for information purposes only. We make no representations or guarantees of any kind with regards to the accuracy or application of any of the topics discussed in this program. The information given is solely the opinion of the presenter and does not represent that of the South Carolina Army or Air National Guard or any other military branch of service. We accept no liability of any kind for the use or misuse of this information discussed.